0: What's up, Antioch Church? Welcome to part three of Who Were the Nicolaitans? Welcome to the Rumble Reverend Podcast. I'm your host, Brother Nico. So, in the last two parts, I uh, laid down who uh, these uh, Nicolaitans were in the Bible. I uh, also said some light of their teaching and and who was the originator. Uh, of their teaching, and it's uh, this this person's actually even in the Bible, and then in also the Nicolaitans are also mentioned in Revelation twice once uh, to command a church for not accepting that teaching, and then the other church was rebuked by Jesus for accepting their teaching. So, um, in this episode. Um, I'm going to address how do we recognize Nicolaitism in the modern church. So let, before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this teaching. Uh, use me. Use me to be effective. And that God, that I remove myself. That God, that by your Holy Spirit, you speak to us. Speak to your people. And as I'm speaking, Lord, teach me teach my listeners uh, because we're all your flock and i just pray god that this message goes out and that people are eyes are opened and that you know i just pray also for protection because i know that there's going to be people who are going to be angry uh, for exposing uh, the darkness with the light Um, we pray this in jesus name amen so There are church leaders who seek a truce with the world under the guise of inclusiveness and compromise. Some of these leaders once held held strong doctrinal teachings, but over time have reshaped their belief to to, uh, match the changing moral climate of society. They represent a different gospel than what is originally pre- uh, presented in the Bible. Here are four indicators of Nicolaism. And if you don't have a pen or paper, break it out right now. Pause right now. Write this down because this is important. Number one, there is no emphasis on holy living and separation from the world. Nicolaiism dresses itself in inclusiveness, accepting everyone, regardless of their lifestyle choices. It does away with sin and repentance. Um, I As I'm reading that, I, I, man, there's so many people that came to my mind. Uh, I know that uh, Oprah Winfrey is somebody who uh, teaches this. Um, I know that a lot of false teachers that are on TV... Uh, teach this. Very many popular preachers teach this. Um, and there's a lot of even other denominations, Christian denominations, have uh, began to do this uh, and and come together. And, oh, we're all Christians because we all believe in Jesus, right? But uh, Nicolaitism does away with holy living and separation from the world and also and it includes everybody you know it's the what we know now the seeker friendly church right and that's a bad thing because uh you know they want to sacrifice the few the remnant who actually are there to go to church and entertain the goats rather than feed the sheep number two there's no emphasis on the doctrinal teaching of the bible Nicolaitism disguises itself as progressiveness, dismissing much of the Bible as as being too restrictive and exclusive of other people's beliefs. Instead of being a guide of absolute truth, they use the Bible merely as a reference. And do you not see that now? I know that there's some of my listeners who do see that and who are... Shaking their head, like, yeah, I see this. The Lord has already opened some of your eyes, but now the Lord wants to teach you how 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 this, how the Bible applies to this, and how God hates this, and that if we're a part of churches that that are doing this, we should probably think about leaving or talking to our pastor about it. And see what they say, and I mean it's, as the spirit leads. If the spirit leads you to leave and go somewhere else, then go. I'm not telling you to leave your church, I'm not against that. It's it's really you gotta take this up in prayer and pray until the Lord answers and shows you. So, so number two was that they disguise themselves as progressive Christians and that the the doctoral teachings of the Bible are too restrictive because they exclude so many people. The the Bible is used as a reference for illustrations and motivational sermons and uh, inspirational ideas and principles to build marriages and businesses and etc. They align They uh, excuse me. They allege the Bible is never to be used to judge or to imply uh, anyone else is wrong for any reason. Now, haven't you seen that online? If you get into you know somebody posts up something and they disagree, or they talk about their favorite you know TV evangelist, you know they 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 or if they talk about a certain group of people who are in sin and you know they they tell you no know, you don't judge them you know Jesus said not to judge yeah they 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 love to use Matthew 7 1 but they don't read the rest of the chapter and, and and know that Jesus was talking about hypocrisy and if Christians are not practicing in that sin then they're not hypocrites and they're not judging you they're just warning you in fact I was just watching a video clip from Vodi Baccom And he was talking about that love sometimes doesn't appear like love. If my kids are in the street and there's a car coming, I'm not going to say, my dear daughter, please come off the street. I'd be like, hey, get out of the street out of love. Basic biblical teachings are not known by younger Christians and they're told these basic biblical teachings are optional. This is what's being taught in these lukewarm churches. Doctrine is replaced with social action and social justice and in an attempt to appeal to a massive audience making them feel better about themselves. The true teaching of the Bible is diminished. And it is replaced by different variants. Uh, Watered down, politically correct instruction. This is what number two is. This is, I mean, they they take doctrine and make it into like civil rights and being socially active. Not not that any of those things are bad, but that's not the gospel. And we're not going to reach people that way. Because we don't need social action plus the gospel in order people all we need is a gospel all we need is the word of God number three this is the third trait of nicolaism and, and and see if you observe this in your church or in a church number three there's no emphasis on the absolute truth or absolute biblical authority it dresses itself as being open-minded it cries it, must, it, it cries it's unjust and unfair to assert that beliefs alone are the absolute foundation of truth. Evangelicals do not believe in absolute truth, more than half. There's a statistic out there that a lot of evangelical Christians uh, do not believe in absolute truth. Ask anyone under the age of 25, young Christians, they do not adhere to the absolute truth or biblical authority. That's why we're seeing so many of these kids who are still on drugs and alcohol and all that. There was one time I went to a, a men's camp. I think this was like in 2017. I got invited and I went. And I was the only one of my group that went. I I guess I didn't want to be rude. So I went. I went. One thing, I've never been to a men's camp like this. And I hope I never do. I mean, they were, you know, they were drinking alcohol. I saw some of these people that I had seen in my own church doing that and smoking cigars and uh, heard some people cussing. Um, yeah, they would have teachings and they do a little bit. But the rest of the time, most of the time, there was not a lot of Christian activity or Bible study going on there. I felt a little out of place. So when you go to when if, if activities like that are happening at church where you know they're just playing games or they're just or even to the point where they're drinking alcohol at a function, a church function. And they're and Jesus and the Bible are just a, a side note and an asterisk to the, to the three-day event, then that's not a place you want to be. Number four. Uh, there is no exclusionary belief that Christ alone is the way to heaven. Modern nicolaism dresses itself in tolerance, asserting that everyone has a place of the truth. Or excuse me, everyone has a piece of the truth. Don't they teach that? You know, this whole... Um, one more religion that they're trying to force down our throat. It levels the playing field by making Christianity a, a truth among truths. nicolaism leads to the universalism, which is the belief that everyone, everything, even including Satan, will be ultimately reconciled to God. I can think of a few religious Religions and beliefs that teach that. I can think of some people that come to mind that teach that on TV and on church. And some of these people have huge followings. It doesn't make any sense to me. Nicolaism teaches that there are many roads that lead to the same eventual destination and that every person should find their own way. Declaring Christ is the only way is intolerant in Nicolaiism. Unintelligent and make and is nonsense. That's what they teach. Yet when you read John fourteen six, the Lord himself said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to the Father but through him. He is the way and the truth and the life. There is no other way to heaven. He is the only way. If embraced, Nicolaitism produces powerless, weakened version of Christianity where sin is tolerated, separation is ignored, and the need for ongoing repentance is disregarded. Uh, Let's go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. Revelation 2, 7, uh, the word says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of of the paradise of God. He who has an ear, let him hear, echoes Jesus, warning to his hearers, At the end of the parable of the sower, which is in Matthew chapter 13, verse 9, most likely him who overcomes refers to faithful and obedient believers. In this context, failure to overcome means losing spiritual rewards, not losing salvation. Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden so they could not eat of the tree of life and thereby live their lives in sin forever the tree of life in view here will be in the new heavens and earth which is God's paradise and not only that he'll give that to us and once we're cleansed and we're removed from all this sin we can now live forever in righteousness and holiness and in and in relationship with our God the way that it was intended this is proper doctrine. This right here is proper teaching and and, and even then the Lord sweetens the pot by saying if you do this and if you listen to this, I'll give you eternal life and you'll be in paradise with God. Not everyone who has ear to ear what the Spirit says unto the churches. The call of every Christian is to overcome. Overcome in the Greek is nikao which means a victor, a champion, or one who possesses superiority to conquer, to defeat, to master, to overcome, to overwhelm, to surpass, or to be victorious. This is God's call to every single believer, to conquer yourself, to conquer your backward ways, to conquer your environment, to conquer the devil, to conquer negative thoughts, and to conquer false teachings. In Romans chapter eight, verse 37, the word says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen to that. So once again, God's call to every single believer is to conquer yourself. This is contrary to the t- teachings of it, Um Nicolaitism says to not conquer yourself, to compromise. But to conquer yourself is to deny yourself. Deny yourself the legitimate pleasures of this world. To conquer your backward ways, to repent from your sins, to conquer your environment. To If you're in an environment that's hostile towards you, uh, for example, you, you know, for example, if if you hang if you're hanging out with drug addicts, maybe you want to conquer that and move away and get away away from people who are drug addicted. For example, and get into an environment where people are not drug addicted and they'll encourage you to do better. And we want to also conquer the devil and conquer his ways. We got to learn that. We got to learn his schemes. The Bible says that we have to learn his his schemes so that way we can stand in our faith. And and when we've done everything we can to stand, you know, we stand on our faith. We have to conquer negativism, you know? Uh, negative thoughts will, will ruin you. You know, the Bible says that we should have positive thoughts, that things are praiseworthy, and things are good of rapport, things are excellent. You put your mind on those things. And also to conquer false teachings. We're taught that we're supposed to uh, mark and expose and warn people about false teachings. And so, and this is what this podcast is doing here today, and I hope that my listeners will do the same, that search the scriptures, ask the Lord to show you if this is true, if this is really happening. I've already asked, and and I see it. The Lord has shown me, and he's opened my eyes, you know, and and it just seems to keep getting worse, and it just keeps to keep spreading more and more and more. And it needs to stop. And how's it gonna stop? How are are our brethren ever gonna know that this needs to stop if there isn't anybody who's brave enough to stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. Even though we've been doing this this way for hundreds of years or whatever, how long, we need to stop doing the traditions of men and we need to start doing things God's way. In Ecclesiastes, uh, it says, where the word of a king is, there is power. In these churches that uh, teach compromise, the word of the king is not there. There is no power there. But in a church that obeys the word of God and, and teaches righteousness and holiness and denying yourself and picking up your cross and suffering and having joy uh, even while in your hardest trials and uh, and praising the Lord and and. Living a lifestyle of repentance and and obeying God; those are doctrinal truths. Those are foundational truths. That's 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 what should be mainstream. But yet, mainstream modern church teachings—that is not it. It's all this compromise, tolerance, acceptance, uh, uh, and it's not good. It, It creates weak and powerless Christians, false believers. We don't want that. We should not only be concerned for our own for our salvation, but also for the salvation of others. We shouldn't be so selfish. Don't forget of where you came from. Don't be so puffed up and think that you're so you're such a good person now because you're a Christian. Like no. It was because of your sin that God had to save you. It was because you were so messed up that God had to save you. You should, be, you should not be proud to be Christian. You should be humbled to be Christian because the Lord resists the proud and he exalts the humble. Let's um, So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you, God, and we thank you for that you want us to know you and you want us to know your teachings and you want us to... Believing you and to believe and, and to worship you in the spirit and in truth. Father I just pray if we have compromised in any way if we've done if we if any of this teaching has crept into us Lord I pray in Jesus name that we reject it and we totally reject it and that we repent and not only that but that we would tell others and I pray that others that God that you would open their eyes and show them that that this teaching has crept in that they need to stop